You are listening to the Courtship Code Podcast, where we use a combination of psychology, spirituality, and matchmaking industry techniques to help you elevate in your relationships from inside out. And I'm your host, Zara J, founder of BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com, The Match Society, and CaptivatingCourtship.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Courtship Code Podcast. And it is me, your host, Zara J. I'm so glad to be with you guys for another week. It's been some time. I have not recorded a podcast or released a podcast in the past three weeks. So I'm very happy to finally be back in the swing of things, connect with you guys, and also share with you why I haven't been uh, just out in, in the public or really doing anything when it comes to the business unfortunately that's not really how things should go but when you have unexpected occurrences sometimes that does occur so i just want to just share with you guys open up with you guys about that and basically also let you in a little bit more into what's going on in my life and i want this podcast to be circled around that as well so thank you guys for giving me that space in order to communicate this with you and share and open up with you. Now, for those of you who don't know, I did post on my social media, on my Instagram and my Facebook, and I did reach out personally to my clients that I work with one-on-one. So they're abreast with everything because I took some time to myself. But for those of you who may not follow on those platforms, maybe you just listen to podcasts, maybe you're subscribed to emails, and you aren't as tuned in to just what's going on uh, lately. My father unexpectedly passed on December 9th. Um, it was, for those of you who've been listening to this podcast, you guys do know that he's had cancer for some years, but the decision to go on hospice or the decision to no longer undergo treatment and the time that in the window of time that he passed was with all within 48 hours of making that decision so it happened so rapidly so quickly that um it wasn't expected one his decision to no longer undergo treatment wasn't expected that we weren't (laughs) seeing that coming um but under we understood it like we understood that you get to a point when you have been dealing with cancer or any other illness where you just get tired even in old age sometimes people just get tired they get tired they don't want to fight anymore they don't want to undergo any more treatments or blood transfusions or chemo or anything they just want to just be in peace so he had been in a hospital for about two weeks prior to making that decision and I guess he just got to a point where he was just exhausted from all of the treatments and so that Friday which was crazy because I had just posted on my Instagram how great my day was and I was having a great day I was having an extremely productive day I felt good I looked good like I was just having a really great day and then within an hour later I got the news from my mother that he decided that he no longer wanted to undergo treatment and that he had made the decision to go on hospice so this was that Friday Friday, which I guess must have been like the 6th. I think it was Friday, uh, December the 6th. So by uh, 
Monday within 48 hours. He came home from the hospital that Saturday and within 48 hours later he had passed and he passed in the home which I'm very thankful for. I'm glad that we were able to be by his side literally until he stopped breathing like literally watched him take his last breath um, at about 4:17 in the morning on Monday. So I am happy to have been a part of that process to have been able to help him transition, help nurse him while he was uh, passing through and transitioning through and to be able to hold his hand and talk him through his last few seconds, his last few moments of life. So that is a blessing to be able to be a part of that. But of course, it's also been a lot of changes. It's, it's been difficult emotionally. And sometimes with the grieving process, which this is all new to me, I've lost grandparents, I've lost aunts and uncles in the past, but I've never lost a, a parent, of course. So this is very new to me. It's very different than um, losing an elder or a cousin or someone else is very different and one thing that I didn't really have clarity on what the grieving process is like I don't think that that's something that we really focus on so uh grieving I always thought that it would be just tears and crying and frustration or anger or all these other things but it actually can come up in other ways like brain fog right not being able to focus not being able to concentrate um just wanting to be distracted not wanting to deal with more important things or not really finding value or importance in different things um or things that you usually do falling out of routine that blind depression where you might be highly functioning day to day but you're avoiding or procrastinating other things or you um there may be other things going on in your mind or your emotions that you're struggling with and that can even be kind of a numbness or a blankness on some days so it's been a little bit of a challenge getting back in routine over the last three weeks and one thing that I usually do is I usually am really good with recording podcasts if anything and I just couldn't even find the concentration like the brain fog was so strong so I'm glad that you guys bear with me so thank you so much for those of you who are listening to this episode still sticking through and you guys are uh, support through this process because I believe that consistency is really important in business and it's something that I really feel like I failed at this past month and it's a learning lesson because now that's something to really consider for the future like how are you going to be prepared for unexpected loss that's not something that I ever really thought much about as an entrepreneur you think about how to be prepared for vacations like you can plan ahead for that you think about how to be prepared for maybe if you're sick and you anticipate maybe one or two days or maybe even you know four or five days at the most if you're sick like how can I be prepared for it for that uh a week ahead but to prepare to grieve or prepare for loss that's not something that you really think much about as an entrepreneur I feel like for most people until it actually occurs so now this is something that I'm able to foresee and to really uh plan for so Again, thank you guys for letting me share that. So in that same spirit, I wanted to dedicate this episode of the podcast. And that's why I titled it Daddy Lessons because I thought it would be nice and cool for me to share with you guys five lessons that I've learned um, just growing up watching him as a husband. And still relate it back to the 
podcasting, you know, relationships and things like that. So I thought that it would be cool to share that with you guys and to talk about that and yeah, to, to just open up a little bit. So the first thing, the first thing I'm going to share with you guys is the lesson of diplomacy. Sorry if I stuttered a little bit. It's a lesson of diplomacy. Now, here's the thing with the term diplomacy. I remember the first time he used that word, maybe even the only time he's ever used that word. I was going through uh, issues in my relationship and I asked him for some advice, which I usually don't. I don't even remember how it came out or how I asked because that's not something that we ever talked about. We just never talked about relationships or marriage or anything. It was kind of a situation where you just had to observe what was going on and what you liked or didn't like in their marriage or in a relationship. Not so much that someone was blatantly sitting down talking to you about what relationships are like or what to expect or how to manage, which I think is a bad thing. I think that most of us are just fiddling our way through life when it comes to relationships. No one ever taught us how to be in a relationship or what to look for or how to relate to one another is something that we just pick up with time. It's something that we have to make the effort if we really want to improve on it. It doesn't come natural. And that's why I'm so big on encouraging people to read, learn about communication, learn about what to expect, understand uh, just the psychology or the, um, just the way men and women relate to each other, but just take some time to actually invest in that. I don't care if it's so, if you're reading books, helpful blogs, not just the gimmicky relationship blogs, but real blogs, um, you know, relationship coaching, matchmaking, listening to this podcast, you're doing it right. Because I've invested so much time into understanding it because it's something I'm passionate about because no one really taught me. I had good examples. Don't get me wrong. I had good examples and I made a lot of mistakes (laughs) and I'm going through a lot of trial and error, but it's something I've become passionate about because I realized that it's not something that people are taught. And it's so essential to our livelihood. It's so essential to who we are as people and our development, our personal development, because relationships are not just romantic. Relationships are just co-workers, they're family, they're friends, they're neighbors. How we relate to one another is really important. And if you don't learn this, it can really hold you back and sabotage you in life. Back to the story. So diplomacy, diplomacy is the number one thing. And when I came to him one time in the time of needing some advice and in the spirit of that, And this was the advice that he gave me. He said, you know, he said, marriage is all about diplomacy. And I'm like, okay, what do you mean by that? Because (laughs) I was pretty clueless and he was a person of short words. He was not a very talkative man. So he gave me very short lessons whenever he did talk. Um, But he said, it's all about diplomacy. It's not about what you're saying most of the time. Most of the time it comes down to how you're saying it and when you choose to say it. And that is something that I have intentionally tried to work on over the years. I'm still learning to improve on that. It's not always easy. I actually just had a situation this morning that I had to be really delicate with how I uh, express myself or express my emotions and the timing of it, making sure that I did it in a way that was going to allow myself to be heard. Um, 
that's something that I feel like we we struggle with, especially as women, when it comes to our emotions and understanding the timing and how to respond instead of how to react to things and choosing to respond instead of choosing to react and just go off the top with our emotions to make sure that we are actually being heard and that what we're saying is going to be valued to the right person. So that is the first lesson that I wanted to share with you guys is that he helped me to understand the importance of diplomacy. And I don't even think when he first explained this that I fully understood it because I may have been in a state where my ego was a little bit bigger, where I'm like, listen, he was wrong and he needs to learn how to say it, you know, but I think that, um, with time and with maturity, that lesson has definitely stuck and it's something that I value a lot more. And I do think that's something that he was good at. I didn't see them argue too much. I didn't see a lot of conflict. Did they have moments where I could tell they weren't on the best terms or they maybe something occurred? Of course, but overall, there wasn't a lot of loud conflict. There wasn't a lot of drama or anything like that. It was a very peaceful relationship. So that is something I believe that he did value. And I believe that his parents, my grandparents valued that as well. Number two. So the number two lesson has to do with integrity. Now, integrity, I think is important. And being someone who stands by who you are and being consistent in that, I feel as though overall, that was something that he definitely valued with being consistent, allowing his words to match his actions. And I remember one time, we were all sitting in a kitchen laughing and joking and I think I think it was my mother who asked him if he knew why she married him or why she she has been married to him that long and and one of the things that he said he said you like me because of my fidelity because you know I'm faithful and you like me because of my integrity and I really liked that like that really stuck with me and not just the fact that she asked that question and he was able to answer it, but the fact that he answered it with those two things with so much confidence that that's who he was and that that's what he had to offer to the relationship. And I don't think those are two things that we value as much in this society or two things that we put a lot of emphasis on, especially a lot of men. I don't think as many men put an emphasis on that as they should, but to, to carry yourself with honor and to feel confident that you are being honorable as a man, as a husband, that you are faithful, that you are loyal, that you um, are consistent and that you act with integrity. I think that that is something that should be held to a higher standard. And when you can stand by that and you can die on that, I think that that's so important. And one of the things in in his last days that he asked my mother when he made that decision, he asked, was he a good husband? So living with honor, living with integrity is important. And I think that's something that we can all strive to do better at. And I know me, myself, that's something that I definitely want to make sure that I am better at. Um, I'm sure that it comes with time, it comes with maturity, and that it is something that you have to consistently work at becoming better at. um, But it's something that I think that we all have 
the ability to do and if you value it you have to really walk in that value and I talk so much about upholding your values and making sure that you are in alignment with whatever it is that you say that you value if you say that you're a person of integrity if you say that you're a loyal person say that you're a faithful person and really make sure that you're walking in that and not just saying it making sure that your words match your actions so I love that I took that lesson and that that's something that was able to be shared and that really stuck with me. And I'm hoping to be able to improve in that as I age and in my relationship and, and as I get older um, with my all my relationships um, to make sure that I am a person who acts with integrity and honor and loyalty in every single life. Because it's not always easy. Sometimes you want to say something, you just don't follow through. And that's the easy way to go. But the hard thing is to make sure that you are doing your best to act with integrity. Number three, the third lesson that I received definitely was just because gifts. I am naturally a gift giver. It's something that's one of my love languages. Maybe it's also because of conditioning from the way that I grew up. But one thing that I absolutely loved seeing growing up was just because gifts. And just because gifts don't have to be big, it can be something small. But I would, I can remember just growing up and seeing him bring flowers home or seeing him just buy the little things um, for my mom. And that always stuck with me. It was very special to me just to come home from school and see flowers on the table and my mom say things like, oh, your dad just bought me those flowers or your dad bought me this or he gave me that or he gave me this bracelet or something. And not just for birthdays or holidays, but because it's just something that he wanted to do, something he wanted her to have. And for me, that's a big deal in relationships. It's very big. Something that I've seen basically my whole entire life and I think that it's special. I think that it's those little tokens of love, those little tokens of appreciation are something that we should be more conscious of. Even if it's not a romantic relationship, if it's just a friendship, if it is um, your children, your family members, your boss, your co-workers. But these are all parts of relationships where you can give just a little bit more of yourself to make someone else feel special. And it doesn't have to be a grand gesture, but it can be sometimes things that are just thoughtful, things that let someone know that you were thinking of them, not just a general gift that's just like, oh, you know, I've just picked up a cake. That's great, right? Picking up a slice of cake, but what if you picked up their favorite cake? What if you just took the time to write a thank you card, just thank you for being there, or a just because set of flowers or a book or something that you know is really special and significant to who they are and what they like I think that those little tokens go such a long way and it builds trust it builds love it builds compassion for one another and I think that we can all adapt that and take that lesson as well Number four, the fourth lesson that I am sharing with you guys today is the lesson of team effort. Um, transparency. 
transparency when it comes to finances, when it comes to your goals, when it comes to your feelings, when it comes to your needs, and working together for both parties to be able to get those needs and those goals met. Definitely something that I've taken away and that I've observed and that I think is really important. One of the most important things, and I shared this with a client yesterday, One of the most important things that I've taken away from his passing that's been really important to me and really stuck out with me was the fact that part of the team effort is also making sure that other person is prepared for your departure. And how many times have we seen in families when someone passes the lack of preparation for that person to go tears that family apart creates a lot of stress creates a lot of anxiety it becomes an even bigger burden i think that we often fail in that part of team effort we focus so much on the portion of team effort while we are here or the team effort of trying to get our immediate needs met or our immediate feelings dealt with. We don't usually consider the team effort of when we are no longer going to be here. How can you still work in as a team? Even in the afterlife, how are you still preparing to make sure that this person is cared for, even when you're not around, even if you're just traveling, even if you're gone, but how can you make sure that this other person is okay in your absence? You go away for a few days, you go away for a month, you pass, right? You you just transition out of this life. Are you making sure that this other person is prepared? Are you making sure that finances are in order, documents are in order, Um, that they know what the expectations are, that they know what they need to do, that they know the next steps, that they can feel safe and secure in your absence. I think that that is something that I've been saying this over and over again. I think that this is something I think that this is something (laughs) I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but we should consider that a lot more. Consider a lot more. Are you going to be a team player in your absence because one thing that has granted me so much relief and I feel is such a blessing to see is the fact that he was prepared that he didn't know when it was going to happen but he understood that one day it would happen and he wasn't one of these husbands that was just selfish and didn't make sure that she would be financially sound didn't make sure that she had no clue what to do or how to access paperwork or where to go he had everything in order in an envelope in a safe and let her know what to do when that time came so when it did come all she had to do was just go to the safe grab the envelope and go through the paperwork but there wasn't a bunch of stress of how is this going to get paid for how am I going to be able to afford these bills whose name is on the house you know I don't have a vehicle I don't have this I don't have there was preparation in order and we go into relationships so blindsided sometimes we are so focused on the fact that it might not last which it may not it may not but even in that how can you be prepared for an unexpected unexpected departure? How can you prepare your spouse for when you just go out of town? You go on a girl's trip or or your, your husband goes on a business trip or he goes on a vacation. 
how can you make sure that this person is secure in your absence? I think that's something that we could all learn and just anticipate the other person's needs a little bit more. The last lesson that I want to share with you guys today is the lesson of space and freedom. Um, for me, seeing this in multiple relationships growing up, whether it was my grandparents or my parents or whoever, uh, the value of space and freedom, allowing people to fully just be themselves and not try to change them, not try to uh, force them to do everything you want to do or be exactly how you want them to be or or not fully accepting a person for who they are and also uh, not allowing people to grow into who they need to be. I think that causes a lot of friction, a lot of tension and causes a lot of conflict, a lot of conflict in relationships. I know for my grandparents, one of the things that I asked my grandmother before she passed, who was married for 64 years, and I asked her, so how did you guys last this long? And she said, because your grandfather never tried to change me. Now, they weren't perfect people, and they were very much opposites, super opposite, but somehow they still managed to find peace in who the other was. And I feel like I saw the same thing with my father and with my parents as well, where they made sure to value who each other were as individuals and not try to force anything on one another they did things together they did things apart they each grew into their careers or into their goals and supported each other in that they didn't try to stop the other person from pursuing anything or traveling or having friendships or anything they allowed that person to be who they are and so many times you see in relationships that people are trying to control and possess a person they want them to look a certain way and walk a certain way and talk a certain way and act a certain way and go into certain career fields go into certain education fields. they constantly are wanting this person to be this mold or this model of a reflection of them instead of just allowing this person to naturally develop and learn who they need to be and grow into who they need to be so that they can be the best reflection of them because they are being the best version of themselves so being able to see that I think has really impacted me and showed me the value that you don't have to be just alike. You don't have to be identical. You don't have to have a whole bunch of similar hobbies and interests and this is my twin, this is my best friend. You can be best friends and be very different. I'm pretty sure you're not like every single one of your best friends, you're, you're not identical to them. You have some things in common, but most importantly, you share the same values and you have a good time with one another. And I think you can do the same thing in your marriage or in your relationship as well. So that's it for this week, you guys. I am going to wrap up this year with this and I hope that these lessons have uh, impacted you and give you something to reflect on the same way it has for me over the years. I look forward to 2020 and sharing with you guys some new podcasts, some new content, a lot of new stuff. As always, if you want to go ahead and book a discovery call, go ahead to the website captivatingcourtship.com and book your discovery call so that we can talk about the coaching program. You can always shoot me an email or shoot me a DM if there's 
any questions that you have or any way that I can assist you in improving your relationship habits, improving your courtship habits, and developing a game plan that'll help you to be able to move forward and just gain that faith back, that motivation, heal those emotional wounds, and start moving forward. I really want you guys to have a phenomenal 2020. And I wish that I could have left this year with a podcast that was a little bit more uplifting, but I hope that this does the job. Catch you guys next week. If you've been listening to the Courtship Code podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute discovery call and let's start captivating courtship.